0: to help us understand more and to figure out perhaps what New Zealand's role in all of this can be is the Deputy PM, Grant Robertson. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. Good
1: day, Grant. Now, look, you've been uh, watching the news over the last 24, 48 hours, among other things. What's your reaction to the latest developments in the Ukraine? Oh, I
2: guess the first place to start is to continue to send our support and our huge sympathy to the people of Ukraine. You know, this is in a tremendously frightening time and you too would have seen some of the scenes of people sheltering underground, people having to walk for 10, 20 hours to get themselves to, to somewhere of relative safety. And, and in any situation like this, I think that's got to be our first um, and foremost concern is for those those innocent people there. I mean, secondly, um, really just listening into the last minute or so of your conversation just then, uh, this is a unified global You know, people, the the denunciation has been very clear. And and I think, as you say, those countries nearby are are supporting the Ukraine and all the many and various ways that they can. Um, Clearly, we want this conflict to stop or this invasion to stop. Um, President Putin hasn't shown a great degree of interest in that. But I think what he's meeting in terms of the the border NATO alliance will certainly be showing him that, that the global community is rallying around the Ukraine.
1: What is New Zealand's role in this and when, when what else can we do uh, further to, um, to, to help? Uh, for instance, um, would we accept refugees? Yeah, look,
2: you know, I mean, we're a member of that global community and you would have seen us come out very quickly to endorse all of the positions that you've heard from others that, you know, this is an invasion that's unjustified that is, um, you know, an attack on a sovereign nation uh, and it's one that we've we've joined the rest of the community in condemning wholeheartedly. Um, we've undertaken the, the targeted um, sanctions that, were, that are available to us based around the people and the, the military of, of Russia and we'll continue to look at what other options might exist for us in 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 that space. Beyond there, yeah, look, this is a situation where the countries immediately around uh, Ukraine are the ones best placed to support them with those kind of immediate needs. It's a bit, you know, in a very different context. It's a bit like a natural disaster in the Pacific where it's New Zealand and Australia who are there straight away and then other countries come in behind to provide what support they can. So we'll keep keep listening out for what's there. In terms of refugees, look, you know, clearly if that's a situation that ends up emerging, then that's something that we would look we work through the UN um, High Commissioner for Refugees to, to work through who's who's got the top priority to come to New Zealand um, again it'll be places closer to hand that that people will want to go to because I suspect they would want to go back fairly quickly and if you do end up looking to resettle in, in New Zealand, that you, you're a long way away but obviously we work with the UN authorities right. and if the need arises we would certainly look towards helping.
0: I've seen a suggestion that beyond putting pressure on the oligarchs, that pressure needs to be put on the Russian upper class who'd like to travel the world, um, holiday in the most expensive hotels and send their children to expensive schools in the US and the UK. How much much can the international community, um, say, put a block on travel from, from Russians?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, the general approach here always tends to be start with the regime itself, the military, restrict their ability to travel, and you would have seen that happen in previous conflicts, and New Zealand's been a part of that. The, the step to go a step further on the, the movements of, of citizens is obviously one you have got to take pretty seriously. Firstly, there are some citizens you might want to help, and if you you know put blanket bans on movement then you end up compromising some of the support you might want to give to people who really do need to get out. So. You've got to strike your balance there. Um, but there is the ability for for more targeted movement restrictions to be possible. And from New Zealand's point of view, we'll... we'll you know, step in line with the international community on that. I think your point about the oligarchs is an interesting one. You know, I've noticed some movement in the ownership of English football teams this morning, <laughs> and um, you can see that there's probably some concern among some of those people, um, very wealthy Russian um, community members, uh, about what might happen. So, you know, there's some non-state pressure that can start to be brought to bear there um, from from other companies and others who work with these people, and you know, that probably is the first step. Um, but clearly, when not taking things off the table at this stage, and, and those we've got some restrictions around the military and, and, and the movement of people, and, and that can go further if need be.
1: I appreciate this might be a difficult uh, question to answer, but uh, Vladimir Putin obviously seems like a man who's fairly isolated. Do we have any idea how the people who work for um, the Russian government, such as the Russian embassy staff here, do we have any idea what their reaction would be to this, or is that just something where they have to t- they'll be towing the Russian line and you'll never get any inkling otherwise of whether they're shocked about this sort of news.
2: Oh look, I, I doubt you'd ever hear anything in public. I, I'm, I'm a former diplomat myself, and you know your job when you're when you're in places is is Working with and for the government is very unusual. Every now and then in history, you will have found people who seek asylum and so on, but I don't have any indication at all that 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 would be happening here. Oh, look, I think every day, Russian people, there will be many of them deeply, deeply concerned by this. And you saw a few people out on the streets of Russia initially, uh, one or two of their sort of you know, global sports stars and so on, um, artists coming out and saying something that's extraordinarily courageous, given the environment that they're in. Um, but it's pretty difficult um, for people to be able to do that, given the the nature of the retribution that they would be likely to receive.
0: Yeah, what? Well, just a reminder of the the bravery of the Russians who are protesting, you know, mm, in exactly. Russia, knowing yeah. knowing that you know they're spied on at the best of times. Um, so, as far as the economic impact on New Zealand and the rest of the world, what do you expect? Yeah, look, obviously, um, it's, firstly, what it does is it, it it shatters confidence
2: and from an economic perspective, and you saw that in market movements towards the end of last week, and, and the longer things go on and the more complex it gets, the more nervous um, people will be more generally. Then you've got the specifics, and really it's around energy, and um, in our case, oil supplies. Um, that's where you'll see the big impact. Um, there's already, as you'll know, have been a real spike in oil prices over the last few months. This is definitely not going to help that uh, and that would be where the primary place I think you know, New Zealanders will notice uh, the situation. Uh, it's actually just as in square brackets, a really important, you know, reminder of of the of the energy independence that New Zealand needs and some of the moves we're trying to make around things like electric vehicles and so on. As you look to the long term, that's you know, there's all the more reason to want to do that when you're faced with this kind of instability. Yeah. Russia's not a massive export market for New Zealand. We've got a few companies that are in there. Yeah. Um, and sort of meat, dairy, um, seafood kind of space. Uh, but from a broad economic perspective, it's more that instability and in the, in the oil prices that will affect us.
1: Um, just moving to things, a uh, uh, slightly different um, topic. Uh, you've got your cabinet meeting tomorrow, um, and people are New Zealanders can return without them to go to MIQ. Fast-moving situation. Are you going to be reviewing whether people, in fact, even need to isolate, given that I believe the, uh, the advice from Mashley Bloomfield might be that People come from Australia have a lower risk profile than we do right now.
2: Yeah, look, as both the Prime Minister and Minister Hopkins indicated um, in the last couple of days of last week, we are urgently seeking that advice. Um, we use not only, and Prime Minister said this when I was standing beside her at the press conference on Monday, we not only use the Ministry of Health here, we've got our expert advisory group that uh, Sir David Skeg has been leading for us, so we're seeking their input on this. And we ob- obviously recognise that, as you self-say, it's a very dynamic, fast-moving situation. Yeah. Uh, we don't just have to think about those coming from Aussie. I mean, that's obviously yeah. the, the immediate, grouping you know we are on as you know on a timetable to open up to the rest of the world and one of just the small things to bear in mind here is that the numbers of cases and people you're seeing now are pretty small But then obviously we're going to be having a lot more people come in soon but conscious of the urgency and we're we're certainly getting on
1: to it okay just just a final one just on us taking a personal responsibility for our handling of it Um, any sign of the public being able to get their hands on rat tests more easily yes in short,
2: in fact, I think if I read what I read online right, um, there's at least one large chemist provider who's already got them up for sale, I think. One.
1: Yeah, you going to tell and me the I mean supermarkets.
2: I, what I mean is that I saw one, <laughs> okay. um, and, and look, that is coming, and we've indicated that that's not far away. Global supplies of, of rapid antigen tests have opened up in recent times, and so I'm sure if the public are wanting to purchase them, they will. Just bear in mind for everyone, I know you've got a time constraint here, just bear in mind for everybody that if you do go along and you are symptomatic and you need them, you'll be getting them for free still. We don't don't want people to believe that they have to buy them if they're in that situation.
0: Okay. Uh, and, and very quickly, Grant Robertson, and thank you so much for your time are you happy with how accurate the rat tests are as happy as you can be
2: um, the ones that we've got have got about a 20 percent uh, false positive false negative rate that's you know pretty high still but um, given the number of cases we've got um, you know the efficacy is as good as it can be and we are still using pcr testing in a number of different settings just to be able to to backstop the rats but for now we've got the highest quality ones
0: but unfortunately they're not hundred percent Really appreciate your time. That's the Deputy PM, Grant Robertson. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon.